0: Is this the best time to be a sneakerhead? We'll discuss that and some other topics this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another installment of Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast. As always, this is your host, Matt Freights, the Iceman, Matty Ice, whatever it is that you want to call me. I am just, as always, happy that you are here and taking a little bit of time out of your Friday to listen to the show. I hope this finds everybody well. It is Friday. If your weekend is upon you, I hope that you have enjoyable plans and I hope that you have some relaxation plan. I can tell you for me that life has been very, very busy of late. You've probably noticed that my cadence for the show has been a little bit awkward and a little bit off. That's because I have a lot going on. If you listen to any of my other work, I am the host or co-host of the Iceman & Coach Sports Show, and we've been doing a lot of different things lately. So if you wanna check that out, you can find the link to that wherever it is that you find your podcast or on YouTube, just search Iceman & Coach and you'll be able to find it. We've been doing a lot of things there. And so my passions have been sort of ebbing and flowing as it relates to sneaker culture. But last time we talked, I talked about emerging brands, and I use the the lineage of Jordan brand to sort of describe how it is that they cemented themselves as as the mainstay in sneaker culture, but then also address the question that I was directly asked about where I think sneaker culture is headed. And I think that it's fascinating over the last two weeks to see where things have gone. I have hypothesized for a while that Jordans and Dunks are going to become stale at some point because there's just so many of them. There's a lot of consumers out there in the sneaker market. There are a lot of choices to be had. But at the end of the day, we've been getting the same thing over and over, rinse and repeat. And I've been listening to a lot of different content. I was listening to Sneak Disc the other day, and their last episode talked about the fact that sneaker heads cannot be wowed anymore. And I think there is a lot of validity to that because again, the oversaturation of the market, specifically as it relates to Jordans and Dunks, has just been so high. Whenever we see a new Jordan, whenever we see a new Dunk, do we really feel wowed by it? And what would actually wow us in the end? What is going to tip the scales to the point that sneaker culture could actually ascend to the heights that it had ascended to? Don't forget, in 2019, prior to the pandemic, sneakers was obviously at a good place. Resale prices were high, but in my opinion, unless it was a really, really hyped piece that had to have been a collaboration by somebody prominent, I'm talking about Virgil or Travis or somebody like that, that the prices were actually fairly reasonable, that you could get a Jordan Retro for a pretty reasonable price either at retail or right above retail. That's kind of how resale works. If there's something that the masses want, there's going to be a little bit of a hype for them. But then at the end of the day, you're going to get a more reasonable price for them. And you're going to have to pay maybe a slight premium just to get something. And I'm talking about your standard issue, retro Jordan 4s, things like that. Once the pandemic hit, resources were scarce. And then the last dance came out, everything changed. The resale market changed because I think as a culture and as a society, we needed something positive to sink our teeth into. Sneakers was a perfect, perfect example of that. And I do believe that with The Last Dance, a lot of folks who were not alive during Michael Jordan's run were educated on who he was. And then of course, you cannot talk about Michael Jordan without talking about the sneakers. And in that documentary, we saw the Jordan 1, we saw the Jordan 3, and we saw the Jordan 11. So I believe that it caught up a lot of young people in the game to who Michael Jordan was And therefore, it made people feel as if they wanted to be a part of that history. And I don't even think it's a lot of people that were in the culture. I think it actually indoctrinated itself to a lot of new blood in the culture to the point that the oversaturation of people in this market made it so that the prices were just ridiculous. If you went on GOAT or StockX in 2020, you were not able to really afford anything. And if you were buying that stuff, You probably have a little bit of buyer's remorse today because I would say that a lot of those shoes are not going to stand the test of time in terms of investment. And we've talked about how to invest our money. We've talked about how to better spend our money here. So I think now in 2023, we're almost halfway through this year, I think we can all look back at that and say the market was going to come down and maybe the market has come down. To play into that a little bit more, Nike made some kind of an announcement about how they were going to be shuffling their executive team to sort of better match the wants of sneaker culture. And what does that mean? It means they want to innovate, because there are a lot of things that sneaker culture has not had in a while, and one of them is innovation. Innovation is key to the future of the brand. It is key to the future of sneaker culture and all of that kind of stuff. And without something new for us to want to buy, for us to really continue our love of sneakers, I think that the brand is going to have a hard time continuing on this trend. I do believe that sneaker culture has taken a big ebb in terms of the popularity of it. And I think that over the next year or two, we're going to see less and less of a sneaker presence out in the world. Right now, if you go on social media, and we've talked about this before, you're going to see a lot of celebrities and a lot of influencers wearing sneakers. It's still the popular thing to do. And while there are a lot of sneakers to be had, there aren't a lot of special sneakers anymore. But those people with means and those people with connections are going to wear them. Here's a good example. Bronny recently graduated from high school. He's going to be going to USC to play basketball. And Complex did a thing on the fact that he wore the phantom black Travis Lowe's. Is that really a surprise to anybody? Look at who his father is. Most of us who were trying to get them, the every person who was trying to get them weren't able to get them because there's just way too many people going for something like that. But when your father is LeBron James, you have the ability to basically get anything that you want. He is the Nike signature athlete right now. So he calls up Nike and says, hey, I need a pair of the Travis Lowe's, one for me and one for my kid. Boom. He's going to have them at his door. No questions asked. We can't do that. To me, that's not news, but I'm talking about every single person. Where I live in Alexandria, Virginia, there is not much of a sneaker presence, although you do see random people who I would look at, and maybe I'm one of those people in terms of sneaker culture, that you would look at and say, I'm not really sure why they're wearing that, or I didn't put them as a sneaker head and they don't necessarily have to be a sneakerhead. but i think we've gotten to this point where you either are in or you're out there's no casual wear of jordans or dunks anymore because i think that we as a culture have focused on what do people have and what does it mean when they wear them i know that there's a lot of ogs in the game who want to talk about the fact that you can't wear them to express yourself because at the end of the day the reason that people wear them is to feel better than other people and i think there is some validity to that too i think that that's pretty common why do we have a nice car Why do we buy a nice watch? Because we wanna feel somewhat better than other people who don't have what we have. It's consumerism and it's human nature. It's gonna happen. But there is an expression in sneakers that I think is warranted. I do believe that expressing yourself through sneakers is something that is very, very healthy and it's something that's very valid. Not everybody has a life that they feel is better than other people's, and so what does sneakers do for them? It makes them feel a little bit more confident in their day. There's nothing wrong with that, and I think that we're going to get back to a sense where sneakers are actually a loved item. I think that right now the love for sneakers is twofold. I think there are obviously people who love them for what they are, and there are people who love them for what they can get them, and it doesn't necessarily mean money. Currency doesn't always have to be financial currency. Currency could be street currency. It could be currency within your friend group. It could be currency somewhere, anywhere. Something that gives you a leverage and gives you a sense of superiority to somebody else. People are still wanting that. And for some groups, sneakers are always going to be that. If you're in a group of people for whom sneakers has always been a popular thing, then that's never going to change. But I think on the global landscape of what sneakers are, we are getting away from the idea that sneakers have to be a part of who you are for you to be cool. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. And this has all changed in the last few years. And so Nike is looking to innovate. They're looking to make something new to capture the eye and the minds, and really most importantly, the wallets of the consumers out there to stay on top of the game. Right now, Adidas is trying to figure out what to do post Yeezy. Right now, if you go on the Adidas Confirmed app, you're gonna find a lot of Yeezys up for raffle. Those are gonna be gone soon. And Yeezy is going to be a thing of the past. When we make sneaker history books, it will be in there, it has to be in there, but it's going to be gone. Nike has Jordans and Dunks, but again, the popularity for those is waning. There's a lot of them sitting on the shelves because I believe you can only do so much with the same silhouette. And they've done over and over countless times the same sort of thing. You can only take colors and switch them around so often. You can only take materials and switch them up so often. At some point, you run out of ideas and you're just retreading something that is a slight variation on something else something that Jordans always do is they take something that's popular and they try to make sort of a dumbed down version of it. Right now, I think there's a Jordan 4 that's coming out that looks very, very similar to the off-white 4s. They're not the off-white 4s, but hey, you know what? They look the same or they look very, very similar. So some people are going to go after them because it's an aesthetic that I like and it looks very similar to something that I can't get my hands on. I think that that is all very fascinating. I think another part to this is the fact that replica shoes or fake shoes, however it is that you designate them, has had a huge rise over the last four years. I've told you, I've been very, very honest with the fact that I buy them for myself. I even at one point was doing review videos of replicas because it really allowed me to hone my chops in content creation. I did know at the end of the day that there was no future to it, and right now, as a sneaker consumer, I have a mix of rep and retail. I'm not really ashamed to say that. You can make an opinion about me as you wish, but at the end of it all, I feel confident in who I am, and I'm very, very confident whenever I tell people, no, these are fake. It doesn't bother me in the least if somebody judges that. It doesn't bother me in the least just to say that out loud. There are a lot of people who don't want to say that out loud. They want people to think that they have the real thing. And I have some hype pieces in my collection, but I will tell you this thing. I do not wear those hype pieces in places that I feel you should be respectful of sneaker culture. I will never wear a fake pair of shoes to a sneaker convention. I will never wear a fake pair of shoes to something that has a legitimacy in the sneaker world. Something where you need to respect the game, respect the people that have been in the game. For my own personal use, I think it doesn't matter. However you wanna spend your money, however you wanna get shoes that you can't get your hands on, some of them they're not going to make anymore, so it's gonna be impossible for you to get them and wear them unless you're going to collect them, but then, of course, you're not gonna wear them, And so I think the rise of replica sneakers has made Nike think a little bit differently. They're obviously not selling all the Jordans and Dunks that they want. Obviously other silhouettes that have been historically popular are not doing as well. I'm looking at you Air Maxes, which by the way, for me is a great thing. My wife and I have been cleaning up in the Air Max department. And I think that I have been sleeping on Air Maxes for a long time. And I'm writing that wrong by buying a lot of them. Those big bubble ones, oh my goodness, I love those shoes. They go with just about everything. They pop when they're on your feet and they're actually comfortable. My wife and I both have a pair now, we are set. So Air Maxes are on my list because I've noticed that they're not on everybody else's list. And this is what's gonna happen here. I wonder if all of a sudden now, over the next two or three years, Nike is going to see a paring down of the people going for these shoes. I think you're always going to get a hype shoe when somebody like Travis Scott comes out with something and you're going to get those bots and those two million people who are trying to go for a shoe. But your garden variety every day, Jordan one, Jordan three, Jordan four, I think the people are going to be sitting those things out more and more often. And what you're going to get is a more concentrated audience for these shoes, people like me, and probably people like you who are listening to this show. If there's anything that I hope that you take away from the show, it's the fact that we are all here for the love of the shoes. Not for resale, not for anything else, but because we love talking about it and we just love them. And if we all were to congregate in a group one day, we'd all just have a great time talking about shoes, getting to know each other, and wearing the heat that we like. Whether it's real or fake, it doesn't matter to me. You are always welcome in this group, no matter what. And so Nike is trying to innovate. But what are they going to do to innovate? That's really the important question. You can mix up executives, you can change things up in-house in terms of your business model, but what are you going to provide sneakerheads that is going to change the game? Nike has tried to do that, Adidas has tried to do that, and they've both failed in that regard. And they have both fallen back on something that they feel is their bread and butter. Jordans, Dunks, geezies, those things are just always going to sell, but they're not going to sell at the volume that Nike and Adidas need to keep them and buoy them for decades to come. They're going to need to do something else. At some point, the allure of Michael Jordan is going to fade. And at some point, People in society are going to get away from sneakers as something that is valuable and get on to something else. And so Nike is going to have to figure out how to navigate these seas without all of those people, those bandwagon people jumping in. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that. And when somebody from Wear Testers talks about this is the best time to be a sneaker head, I also want to dive into that too because I believe these companies are looking for a way to keep themselves afloat, but there is something for us sneakerheads to benefit from based off of where things are. Not only are Jordans and Dunks sort of fading, but we do have a lot of choices out there in the sneaker world. Beyond Jordans and Dunks, we obviously have Air Maxes, we have a ton of other things, New Balance is bringing it to the table. You can always go get some Converse. There's a lot of options. And last episode, I talked about a brand called Novella. I'm gonna be working with them, doing some interviews of the people that are part of that design process, but they're trying to get into a little bit of the piece of that pie. And I think that that is one of the benefits of where we are today, that even if you feel as if some of these things are getting stale, You have options. You have the ability to buy something either at retail, just above retail, or in some cases, I will say a lot of cases, below retail. Isn't that where we have always wanted to be? You're always gonna get people complaining about the sneakers app. It's almost at this point a running joke and something we all have this unspoken solidarity about. The sneakers app maybe has its problems with checking out and other types of things, but at the end of it all, it's really the volume of people going for shoes. And if you are putting all your eggs in one basket, you're never gonna be able to get the shoes you want on sneakers because the algorithm is just not in your favor based off of how many people are trying to go after it. And so groups like Soul Savvy and other groups like that have tried to traffic in that and give you information to help you find out better ways or more ways that are in your toolbox in order to get sneakers. But the point is, is you have choices. And I think that there are a lot of brands, it doesn't have to be Nike, but a lot of brands are trying to think, what do sneaker heads want? What is going to capture the eye of sneaker culture? And I think for the last four years or so, they haven't been in that mindset. The mindset has just been keep putting out Jordans, keep putting out Dunks, keep putting out Yeezys, and people are going to buy them. And now we, the consumer, are speaking with our money. We are telling them that what they are doing is not good enough. We're not gonna stand for QC issues. We're not gonna stand for stale colorways. We're not gonna stand for you not giving us something else, listening to what we want. And I think if Nike were to go into social media, go on Twitter, go on Instagram, look at some of the comments that are part of the shoes that they are putting out, they're going to find a lot of the direction that they can find. And for us as sneakerheads, that's a great thing. For the brands, these big, big brands who make billions of dollars to actually listen to us, the every person, that's a great place to be. And it makes you feel just a little bit a part of the future. And that's one of the things I love about where we are today. So objectively, is it the best time to be a sneakerhead? I'm not sure. I guess it depends on your perspective. Are you somebody who likes having these options like me and I'm filling out my collection with silhouettes and colorways that people are sleeping on? Or are you somebody that just loves all the hype, loves Jordans and wants what is just unattainable at this point? I'm not really sure, but I do know something is that at some point in time, we're all gonna be benefiting from this model. And if the companies are listening to us, that is a great, great thing. release of the week where I try to highlight a shoe that I think that you should know about. It doesn't necessarily always have to be hype. It's just something that I want you to keep an eye on. And I'm going to do a little bit of a Turnaround is Fair Play this week with release of the week. Normally, it's about a shoe that is coming out, but I want to talk about a pickup that I recently had, and I want to be perfectly honest with you about the connection that I have with it and why I love it so much. I assume everybody listening knows of this shoe, but I recently got my hands on a pair of McFly Nike SB Dunks. They have been on my grail list since I got into sneaker culture, and I want to give you a little bit of insight as to why. I was born in 1983. That movie came out in 1985 or 1986, somewhere in that time frame I was two or three years old my parents actually took me to see it in theaters and it was a movie that endeared me for some reason I loved it and I still love it today and it's one of the most quotable movies in my arsenal I think about all the times that I watched it with my parents And now, of course, with my mom not being here anymore, thinking about the moments that we watched it together, the bonding that we had through that movie, those dunks speak to me. And I ended up buying a replica pair because I just was not able to find an affordable option out in the retail market. But honestly, it's not about having the real thing. It's just about having it for me. And as soon as I got the package in, and I'd been waiting for this for a long time because they really hadn't been repped at all. Honestly, a lot of the Nike Dunks of old are not really seen as hype anymore. I don't think that there is a lot of reverence for a lot of those shoes that really shepherded in where we are today. Those eras of Nike Dunk SBs are just insane. And if you go back and look at the history books, go to Nike SB's website, and go to the vault, just look at all the colorways and how many of them actually shape sneaker culture today to the point that you get some of the most unique designs ever back in the day. And really, a lot of people are trying to mimic that. But there's something in the simplicity about the McFly Dunks. They're actually not flashy. If you look at them, you wouldn't necessarily know it was from the movie. But the connection it has to them and the connection that I have to that movie through family and friends is something that I can't replicate anywhere else. And I just had to have them. So again, I'm copying to the fact that I have a rep pair of them and I'll tell anybody who asks about it. But for me, the personal connection of having them is awesome. And it made me so happy and it just flooded me with amazing moments, amazing memories, And I hope that you participate in sneaker culture that way. That's kind of the whole point. I think that a lot of people are in it for different reasons and no shade at what your reasons are. But I know for me, it's a personal thing. A lot of the shoes that I have are connected to a time in my life or connected to some memories that bring me back to childhood. And that's the important part for me. And that's why I think When you look at sneaker culture as a whole, you hope that we continue to get something new, you hope that these companies continue to listen to the culture, and at some point shift their mentality from their own pocketbooks to what the culture actually wants, to getting in bed and and really learning about the culture, doing their research about the people that are involved. I've always said this on this show, and I say it outside of the show as well, the people are what make sneaker culture, not the shoes. The shoes will always be there in some capacity but those of us that have the connection with each other over this commodity that's really where the real magic happens that's where the culture is actually built and fostered to me that's the most important part and it's the part that i focus on it's why i do this show it's why i try and connect with you as many places as i can and honestly it's the best part of it and that's all that i want for sneaker culture and that's all that i want for you is that we continue to maintain that love for each other maintain that love for the shoes and maintain that connection to this passion that all of us share. So let me ask you, is this the best time to be a sneakerhead? I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to the show. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FireFootwearPod are the handles for both of those. If you want to email the show, FireFootwearPod at gmail.com is the way to do that with any questions or comments. I've received a few. It's always great to hear from you there. If you are listening on Apple and Spotify, please, please hit that follow button. Hit the rate button. Give me a few stars. It keeps the show growing and charting. And of course, please support the Maddie Ice Media Network for all the other podcasts that we have, including the aforementioned Iceman and Coach Sports Show. If you're a sports person, which a lot of sneaker people are, we are trying to create a show for the every fan. And so anybody that wants to go over there and give us some support, it would definitely be appreciated by me. I hope that this finds everybody well. I hope that this finds everybody safe. And as always, I will see you next Friday. This is Fire Footwear. and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freitz and his guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freitz and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.